okay, here we go. Wait. Hey, guys. While Tuck tries to learn how to open a can. Welcome to episode 142 of CMD Towers, Brews, and Builds. I'm um, It's Comet Number 5, and my fellow host is still struggling, and he got it. Got Big it. Tuck. Hi. Uh, how are we doing today? It's a Monday, off recording. Little time-space continuum for you guys out there. Yeah. Uh, I got so sunburnt this weekend. I could I tell. I couldn't wait, really? Oh yeah, I could see I got that some, pink face. I got some I got some good color, but more importantly, I got so many bug bites in places I've never gotten bug bites before, including not limited to my under thigh and my chest, which never happens. Huh. So I guess I actually need to start wearing bug spray, but I think it's like flies at the beach, like beach gnats, because I was out of the beach all weekend. Uh it was really fun, but very exhausting. Car camped in the forerunner, it was great. Uh, I also found out, so I know, I know, you know that I'm a bit of a fisherman, but not a huge one, right? Yeah. So did you know that they make two specific kinds of fishing rods? Ones that are supposed to get submerged in water and ones that are not. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I just ruined my fishing rod because it is one of the ones that is not supposed to get submerged in water. And now it rusts out and the ball bearings and it gets stuck. So ah. I'm pretty excited about having to deal with that tragedy sometime in the near future. But what are you going to do? It's a it's a it's boiling here finally. I'm assuming it is in Kansas City as well. It's a hundred degrees right now. No, really, jeez. Yeah. Welcome to it. Now I I know we don't talk about this often. What I and I know where are you like? Are you a cash and carry guy? I know you're not into crypto, or you've never told me that you are. No. Okay. Do you like play the stock market at all or just like your 401k max out and that sort of stuff? I just do uh 401k max out. Um, and the great thing is my employer oh, has yeah. this like program that we have like a financial management company that goes in quarterly and kind of adjusts stuff based on my oh, goals. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then usually just because of the, the bracket that I'm in, um, I do a little bit of Roth IR, like post for, I do the whole backdoor Roth game. Right. Uh, so where like, if you guys, it's, go ahead. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with it, essentially you do post tax 401k. And then once it hits, you can actually transfer it uh, fee free over to a Roth where yeah. then it would grow. Um, interest free so even when you pull it out in 50 years or whenever you retire you don't pay anything on any of the gains because you already paid the taxes on it up front because it's like yep. post-tax deductibles right well yep. uh i've been playing i've been investing in this for a long time across all my different jobs and stuff i don't look at it is all i can say tell you i looked at it today uh, and i was like i this is not good this is like plummeting <laughs> Yeah, I actually, and I know it's not smart. I just went ahead and did it anyways. I actually uh, withdrew because I could do it, and I only had to pay like ten percent oh, okay. uh, on my on my Roth IRA um, because it had plummeted like ten grand in one month, which was like twenty percent of my portfolio. Yeah, and I was like, right. you know what? I can actually use this for the wedding and actually like pay off stuff, opposed to like trying to like put it on like a credit card or whatnot. Oh, so sure. even though it's not a best practice i actually just went ahead and did it um because I, it was just like this is sad i told my dad uh who my dad is works in finance and retired uh from that his entire life i told him it's like i think magic cards are now potentially more stable 
than <laughs> crypto or the markets as my scrub as my Savannah and Badlands continue to hold their value literally the week after I bought them. So who's to say? Who's to say? Well, the the biggest thing that I had yeah. happen in the what's last happening? week. What's, ha- what's up with you? Is uh, we did finally book our, and I think we're just gonna call it, it just we were the we kept saying like oh our honeymoon's gonna be in 2023 because we want to do Bali and stuff. I actually think we're just gonna say you know what what we're doing after the wedding is our honeymoon, and then just next year if we do a trip that's cool we do a it's trip just that's your trip. Cool. Yep. Um, and you know uh, my fiance was all like do you got to change the website? Then I'm like honestly it doesn't matter. What, like, what we what? call the trip what do you need does to not change matter. The website like uh, the registry because we have it to where people can donate towards our honeymoon. And she's like, oh. well, I don't want people thinking that like it's actually being used for something else. I'm like, I don't think it really matters. All the registry is is it gives people something in their minds. I paid for this. The don't okay the, the I've had this argument with my parents as well. The donate to the honeymoon is just giving them an envelope full of cash. Right. Yes. Like that. Yeah. And to me, it's like, is that not the ultimate gift? <laughs> <laughs> I actually wish I could just get envelopes of cash because like that would just be fun. But but you can't like you can't wrap it. You can't put it in a card. You have to like backdoor yeah. hand it to one of us. Yeah. At yeah, the yeah. Wedding, like when, all I'm swe- when I'm sweaty, like I just here is 20 bucks. Uh, uh, also on the wedding real quick bef- before you keep going, you said so you sent me an invitation. Yeah. Which, like, has options for me to say no, which are non-options. Like, I'm coming. What is, why did you send me this piece of paper? Because it's not, we're not going to print special RSVPs for the people that we know are going to come. You just don't need to print RSVPs at all. <laughs> I've got to be there. I need to, re- I'm going to return it. I saw, I marked Good. it. It's, just, I, it's I'll, I'll get that done literally after this because I have to go check my mail anyways. But you're now, your new plan is... Yeah, so the the plan is, uh, and it's already been booked, uh, we're going back to Florence, I'm going nice. back to Italy, uh, but here's what's really cool, she didn't want to do, she doesn't want to do like what our buddy Jared and I do, where we like, you know, daily, we're going out and seeing you, some you different You guys went stuff. to a different city, you went to like three different cities that trip or something like that? Yeah, we did, but it's just more like museums and seeing the history and the art, like she doesn't really want to have, do that every day. Right. And so, um, we compromised. I ended up finding uh, there's a family about 10 kilometers outside of Florence, which is roughly a 20-minute walk and then a 20-minute train ride. Okay. But they have a villa with olive vineyards, wine vineyards. Um, They have, like, their own horses. And they basically have turned their villa into, like, three personal, like, private apartments. And they rent out Ah. that. So oh, we're sweet. actually going to be staying on this villa for the whole week, and it's only two hundred bucks a day, American. Wow! What really? And yeah, wow. and they have like a big pool. Um, is of course like Wi-Fi and stuff, and the family's yeah. there, and all the everything's like so reasonable. Like they they make their own Chianti uh, out oh, of their cool. grapes, and they only charge seven euro a bottle. It's like so eight bucks a bottle of wine. Like that's a great deal for like some organic authentic. Here we go. Yeah, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> uh, and then so kind of what our plan is is just we're gonna hang out at this villa in the Tuscany countryside for our, our honeymoon. Uh, try to maybe get some bikes, go ride throughout the countryside. Sure. But then it's like, hey, the three days on our eight or nine days we're there that we want to go do stuff. We'll just then you know do a twenty minute leisurely walk, hop on a train, and then take the train wherever we need to go to. Nice. That's awesome, man. I, uh, my aesthetician just went to Rome and I talked to her about it. Cause I know that was not mm. your, that was your least favorite. Yeah. Right. 
So uh, yeah, I mean, Pisa was the least least favorite, but that's because literally the only thing there is the Leaning Tower of yeah. Pisa. <laughs> that's it. Right. So yeah, it's like nothing... cool. I, we just did an hour train ride to see something for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but she she did say it was a little dirty. She did say it's packed because it's a big city, but she did like five days there. And I kind of okay. picked, I picked into it a little bit more and she was like, it sounded like they did like a coastal tour one day, which to me oh, okay. doesn't count. Right. So yeah. I think they, I think they kind of get in and out of the city, but I just told her that you told like, for me, it sounded like Florence and then the other places you went were going to be the, the Italian trip. If I ever make it over there myself, that's yeah, you could it, all that. Well, and, and the biggest thing, and, and I'll say this guys, I, I, I would even tell Big Tuck if he's like, hey, I'm going to Italy, I'd be like, do a day trip to Rome. You know, like wake right. up early, do an early train. You know, maybe it's like you're getting up at 5 a.m. and that sucks, but do that and then take the late train back. You can get Rome in a day. Uh, Rome yeah. wasn't built in a day, but damn it, you can <laughs> tour you can... it in a day. Oh! Boom! Ah, oh, man. That was, yeah. Mm, that makes me sad. I should have been waiting. I should have been waiting the wings on that one. Well, guys, you know what you shouldn't be waiting in the wings for is joining our great Patreon community at patreon.com slash cmdtower. we got four different tiers. Uh, we're now having uh, the collective on our Twitch streams. We're now having them on Bruise and Builds. Uh, we actually lowered the tier for that. So just the $15 tier or higher, you get to be on Bruise and Builds. Uh, the, uh, still, our top tier is reserved for our Twitch um, very excited to start having more collective yeah. members on that. So please go sign up. Uh, anything you do to support us really does go a long way. Now, we do have a great referral program. So if you're already a member of our patron community and you want to get more people to help grow, anyone you have join, have them shoot us a note and we'll be sure to send you some free swag just as a big thank you. Now, we have shifted our store. Um, it's no longer at our website, but we do have a great hyperlink on there. But if you want to go directly to it, just go to etsy.com slash shop slash CMD Tower or just type in CMD Tower at Etsy. You'll see all of our merch on there. We are running constant promos and discounts, uh, especially if you favorite something, wink, wink. Uh, so definitely <laughs> anything you can do to help out would be great. Now, we do have a fantastic new partner at abyssproxyshop.com. Uh, if you use code CMDTower there, you get 10% off any proxy or playtest cards you may need. And let me tell you, um, I need to go on there ASAP because I want to start deck building again. But damn it, prices of cardboard rectangles keeps going up. So let me ask you this. I had a question on this in terms of our how we want to project this to the crew, right? To the collector. Okay. So... I now own five dual lands, right? Okay. And I've started, I had a mini panic over the week when I first bought them because I was like, I forgot what deck they're in and they're worth a lot of money, right? <laughs> so because those cards are worth so much money, how do you feel about keeping those in a binder, not in a deck and just buying the playtest versions of them from bestproxyshop.com? That's actually a thing that people do today. Okay. Like that, that is, and yeah, today people do that. Um, and it's actually, it goes even a step beyond that tuck because people even do it just to wear, um, not even expensive cards like a Ristic study. They just don't want to buy a $20 card eight right. different times. So they'll actually just take the original, keep it in a binder. Um, and then they put, uh, you know, not as nice playtest cards. Usually it's just like a token that they've sure. scribbled on. And right. then what they would actually do 
is when it comes to that point in the game, they would pull it out of the binder and then put it on the battlefield. Right, right. So, yeah, there actually are people that do that today. I fully support that. It's just I'm usually someone that's like, man, I don't get to play my decks enough. I actually want to see the real card. Yeah, but I do yeah, get yeah, it from yeah. a financial perspective. I mean, I wouldn't have lost my Sarah Sanctum if I would have done that. Wait, but did you still not find that? I Yeah, it's gone. It's No way! It's out of here. Yeah, and I just looked it up the other day. It's like three hundred bucks now, four hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, no. And when I lost it, I think it was only worth like eighty, seventy when I lost it. So I wasn't that upset. Now I'm very upset. Oh yeah. man. Well, I guess you live and you learn, huh? <laughs> yep, you live and you learn. But hey, guys, of course you could just share the content you're watching or listening to because that's the free way to do it. And every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, talked about some exciting themes that EDH can't support, we've decided to mix it up for Season 3. Kicking it off, Big Tuck and myself will be doing fantasy drafting commander decks. We usually do around community voted legends. This episode is going to be a little bit different. But each of us will do the following. We're actually going to start out choosing the standards basically we each pick eight cards that we just feel are just going to go in the deck no matter what and we don't want to waste our time drafting those but it doesn't stop there no we have both pre-selected 40 non-land cards we and i quote flip a coin to see who drafts first which is really it's just i win the flip and i I say you go first i choose tails mr combo go (laughs) mr combo gets heads and then i go twice i go once he goes twice um and then we go round robin until the deck is complete. But what if you pick one of my cards? The other has to remove it from their draft board. But what about the lands? We have giving the total land count recommended and only talking cards up to the available slots. And I do have one land to talk about today. Ooh. Just one. Uh, well, the first 20 is going to be a, a person snake draft. You know, we're, we're going to kind of snake down there. But then the next uh, final five will be a lightning round, which we're just going to go boom, boom right after it. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, guys, let's get brewing. Uh, today we are talking, maybe it could be done, Altar of the Brew Tribal with Zelix Sanity Flare and its background, Cultist of the Absolute. Tuck, why don't you read about Zelix, and I'll give a read about Cultist. Excellent. So Zelix Sanity Flare is two colorless and a, and a blue legendary creature horror that's a mythic, currently pre-ordering, or I guess you can buy it now for $3.50. It's a 2-3, and it has Hive Mind. So whenever a player mills one or more creature cards, you create a 1-1 black horror creature token. And then one colorless tap, target player mills three cards. And this also has the new mechanic out of Commander's Legends Baldur's Gate of choose a background, which means that you can have this background, which is a legendary enchantment, as a second commander. And you chose... Cultus of the Absolute. So this is a single black legendary enchantment background. You can get it for about a quarter now. And it states that commander creatures you own get plus three, plus three, and have flying death touch and ward pay three life. So if you guys aren't familiar with ward, that's a fairly new-ish commanic mechanic. Um, essentially, if any of your opponents... Yeah. If any of your opponents want to target it, they have to pay three life. But then it also gains, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. So here's kind of why I chose this for my selection for a chaos draft. Right. It's mainly because, you know, we've always talked about doing Alter of the Brood um, as, you know, that's like the sole way I want to win the game. Um, and, and I've gone through many iterations of trying to do it. 
This Zelix, though, whenever a player mills one or more creature cards, you create the 1-1 one, one Black Horror. It's like, that's interesting. Okay. Right. Like, I'm now getting tokens and stuff. But it was like, well, what what would the background be? And I've actually heard from other people, they actually like, um, oh, I'm trying to, I think there's like a black background that deals with like toughness or I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, but anyways, yeah. the reason I liked the Cults of the Absolute is it's low to the ground, single mm-hmm. black. So it's very cheap to get out. Right. And it does take Zelix from a 2-3 to a 5-6. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's out of lightning bolt range, shock range. Out of a lot of stuff, to be honest. And then the big thing is the Ward 3. The 3 life isn't a big deal, mm-hmm. but it is a wasted resource yeah. uh, that they have to use a removal spell. They're having to spend an additional 3 life to do it and the mana to cast it. So I'm getting them to use a lot to be able to get rid of my commander. Right, right, right. But, you know, the one drawback of the uh, background is the whole sacrifice a creature. But if the deck's playing right, Zelix should be making me horrors left and right. Left and right. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, basically four mana in one turn. It gets me my commander and protection, background, big dude. It just seems like it could do a lot for an Alter the Brood style deck. And I think that you're going to have to, if you want to do the Alter the Brood in the way I built it, you are kind of leaving yourself open for a lot of attacks and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the fact that now, I think the Death Touch and Flying is really big because that's going to decentivize people to come out and attack you, right? Yeah. And I will say this, these backgrounds, they're completely busted whether they're in the command zone or otherwise like i i jammed the the third day of doing the pre-release when my brain was literally mush i jammed like as many as i could into the deck and it just went off like that oh, so yeah. i took me it took me a minute while you went with that one but i do understand it now especially because like the way you like to build the commander is definitely going to be like the linchpin of at least most of my strategy right yeah now i did have another question on this uh and I think this might be a time to reflect on for those who are newish listening to the podcast. And I couldn't even remember this myself. Why is Alter the Brood your favorite card that's ever been printed for Commander? Oh, do you not really know? I I mean, I think it's because you've played it every deck. Like you played it in your. I know you think it's. I know the value, right? You you have all you have all your different reasons for it, right? But like, when was it? Was it just happenstance that you put it in your Angels deck, the first deck that you built that I can remember, and it just went off? Like, yeah, I just yeah. that was that it. Yeah, really. I mean, it was in version one of Karametra, yeah, uh, with Angels and Elves. It, it's been in the deck since day one, and it's been a powerhouse ever since. And, and I mean, just, honestly, just right in the train. Yeah, and for years, people just were like, whatever. But then, like, by the end, it's like, oh, my gosh, that one card milled the table yeah. 80 cards. Like, that's insane. And it's like, yeah, it is. And it was, it was only one mana investment. And that's why I love it. It's one mana. And if you want to waste your removal spell, that's all right. It was only one mana. I also was I also was wondering, um, should we... So, since we're doing it a little different this time, should we go through quick and talk about the staples that we added in? Or do we want to save that till later? Yeah, so I thought where we could start is just quickly rattling off like some of our ramp cards, some of our interaction removal, and just some that we just believe are just generic good. So like I'll take like some of the mana ramp stuff. You know, guys, we have Arcane Signet, Demir Signet, Mindstone, Soul Ring, Talisman of Dominance, and Solemn Simulacrum in here from like a, a ramp perspective. Yeah. I just feel like it, you're gonna have to have those in this Demir deck, or really any Demir deck for the most part. I completely agree with that. Um, and we didn't, we've 
thought about doing this because we both, I think we both agree we love the Chaos Draft. We're trying to figure out ways that we can kind of streamline it and have a little bit more time to talk about the cards we like. Yep. Uh, on top of that, we have some pretty strong interaction and other kind of card draw spells and uh, Rhystic Study, of course, then your basic Counterspell, Rift, Disallow, Limb Duels, Vault, and then finally Feed the Swarm. Yep. And then I think the one that is the most interesting one of these that I put in is consuming aberration just because yep. the way I see it, we've talked about this before. It's almost goes in every Demir deck, right? It's yeah. really hard if I, for me. And I'm sure you agree. It's really hard to find a reason not to put this in there. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just, you could argue it's like all through the brood. It's just, it gives you insane value for five yeah. mana. Cause it doesn't even say like whenever you cast a spell for a CMC or greater or something like that. Or it's an sorcery, right? Or whatever. Yeah. You, whatever There's you, no restriction. Land. Yeah. You could literally sit there and just cast your, um, a cantrips and it gets triggers every time. So absolutely. yeah, absolute auto include. All right. Well, Tuck, should we even bother? Flipping yes. A coin? This is going to be the time. This is going to be the one. All right. All right, Tuck, heads or tails? It's tails every time. I'm not changing. All right. Now, you see that I'm looking here. So I'm I don't. See, do, yeah. do, do you want me to uh, drop, drop it or do you want to like flip it? I could just reveal like this how it landed or I could do the flip. Flip. You got to flip it. Yeah! Wow! <laughs> I told you. We're back, baby. We're back. All right. All right. Want, so, what I are you want, doing? You to go first, because I want to go twice in a row. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, my uh, first one is very boring, just because you have to have it in this build that we're doing. So, of course, we're putting in the scariest guy out there. All right. So, you know, we had to go with our boy, Connie. Sir Conrad the Grim. I mean, I have Wait, to. really? Oh, okay. absolutely. Inter inter interesting. I did not have that. Really? No, no, because I want to, so, I, I don't know, like, I was like, I'm trying to stay away from the mill stuff, right? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get more, a little crazier, a little crazier. Okay, well, three colorless, black, black, legendary creature, human knight, uncommon, it's a 5-4, the best uncommon legendary printed in, like, a hot minute. It's gotta be, right? Yeah, um, whenever another creature dies, or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield, or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent, and colorless black, each player mills a card. It's a 5-4. So the whole reason, though, you gotta have it in the deck is because it literally does everything that the commander wants, and the background. Uh, the commander says when creatures go to the graveyard, you make a mill 1-1. One, one. Well, this is just then going to also ping people for a damage. Um, at the same time, yeah. the background makes us sacrifice. So as we're sacrificing our horrors that our commander makes, this triggers Conrad again. So this is going to give us that incremental value because as much as I want the win to be Alter the Brood or Bust, potentially there could be a Monster Mash player or it's just impossible to, to mill them. Or they might be a Ladman player. I don't want to mill them. Sure. So then I need at least a way to put the damage on. Um, and this just seems like way too low hanging fruit not to include. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's just completely bonkers, right? Like this, I almost, could you make the argument? This should have gone, um, this should have gone into the standards, right? For this sort of deck. But I mean, you got to have it in there for sure. Yeah. 
All right, Tuck. Well, you get uh, your round one and then round two. What are so your? So I kind of I kind of broke this into different sections, right? Okay. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna kind of cherry pick across them, right? But the okay. first one and the most important is how do we get Alter Brood out of the deck, right? <laughs> sure. Gotta have that, right? And there's one card that also would make fantastic sacrifice. Sacrifice solder for your background. Okay. Uh, and that card's got to be Trinket Mage. Slam oh, dunk in here. Yep. Two colorless and a blue for a creature, human, wizard, redacted bit. It's a 2-2. Two -two. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost one or less. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So for me, pretty, um, pretty much up and down. Slam dunk in here. You can sacrifice it the turn afterwards. You have a blocker. Yep. And you only really care about the one artifact, right? But... A good thing to note, people, is that Alter the Brood is not a mana-producing artifact, which kind of limits what you can use to tutor it. Yes. Yeah, uh, Trinket Mage was number 13 on my list. You have to have oh, it. Okay. If, if your whole thing is trying to get out this one specific card, you have to have multiple ways to grab it. Yeah, absolutely. And in similar scope, you need ways to protect this card, right? So I have a protection uh, sub-theme in here as well. Okay. And this one is it's a, this one's a little sweatier, right? Maybe more greasy, but I don't want to just rely on the graveyard because there's a lot of ways to exile non-land permanents, right? Farewell, board wipes, and that sort of thing. So that's why I thought this instant retract had some interesting abilities to it. So it's very easy. One colorless um, for an instant. I'm sorry, one blue for an instant. Return all artifacts you control to your owner's hand. Oh. So it can, it, it can kind of bounce back against you once you kind of reach your critical mass. Sure. But for me, it's like once people figure out that you're doing this alter the brood thing, it's gonna they're gonna target it and try to get rid of it as quickly as they can. And this is just kind of a quick way to protect yourself without having to donate a lot of resources to it. Uh, no, I like that because um, that was one of the pieces when I was trying to do alter the brood tribal with five color was like I gotta have lots of ways to bring it back from the graveyard. It's very similar to how the goad did his uh, rhino deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Cody, it's like you got to have so many redundant ways to get that spell back into your library or, you know, right. back into wherever so you can cast it again. So I love Retract. Great card. And even if it doesn't work out, I mean, it's a $3 card. I could probably run it in a deck at some point. Um, I still don't have a true artifact deck. I was so going to say, you still don't have one. Yeah, still, I, I guess uh, that would just kind of get me uh, a future investment into the strategy. There, there you go. Well, That's I'm going to complete out round two with a card that goes perfectly with Conrad and Minecrank. So, oh, two colorless. Yes. Okay, yes! I didn't choose any of these! Nailed it! Two colorless artifact whenever an opponent loses life. That player mills that many cards, and you can get a copy for a buck fifty out of Battle Oof. for Baldur's Gate. That's cheap. Oh, they did just reprint this. Wow, they put a lot of value into those decks. Yeah, I figured, and also I was also kind of thinking of if you need to swing in just to get the tr just to get the train going with your commander with the background five is pretty good. You're probably going to hit a creature out of that with the right deck. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of on the list for me, uh, but I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I think this. I I've gotten yelled at from playing this card too many times. Oh, I love that card. Well. Round three, we're, we're jumping up in price a bit to a nice $30 card. Oh, boy. Uh, let's just say if you're milling, you probably want to be grand eloquent about it. 
with uh, good old Bruvac the Grand Eloquent. So, two colorless blue, legendary creature, human advisor, mythic 1-4. If an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead. And like I said, it's about 28 bucks is the cheapest copy. So, um, and I think it's funny, the list version is actually more expensive than the original printing and jumpstart. That's weird. That is weird. What is up so with anyways, that? So anyways, yeah, I mean, it's just, what is better than Ultra the Brood doubling its actual impact? Yeah. Um, and especially if your strategy is a lot of these little dudes, then Bruvac is just going to help even more. I think exactly. He, I think, but here's the question. Is Bruvac or Zelix the target for removal if both are out? I would assume it's Bruvac because you don't need Zelix to make it go off, right? Like you don't need you don't need that card in particular, and I think you milling two for one alter the brood is probably more detrimental long term than your commander, which we discussed is super easy to recast, right? Yeah, and you Fair also enough. have to pay three three life for it too, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to if you just pat the X file brewback, it's kind of toast. Oh, that's fair. See, I was thinking it would be Zelix would be the bigger threat because we're building the deck around Alter the Brood. The creatures, and it's yeah. like we we need like as many of like those tokens coming in and like milling people. Yeah. Um because that's kind of like we didn't even talk about it. That's a sort of combo potentially with oh. Zelix. So. Oh, we're gonna get there, my friend. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> All right, Tuck. Well, what's your round three pick? So this is one that plays nice with your commander with the evasion from the Cultist of the Absolute. It's kind of like a worse mind crank, but again, we we're trying to win with mm-hmm. trying to win with Alter the Brood, right? But sometimes we might need a little something to kind of get the party started here. And that's why I think Trepanation Blade has a lot of potential here. So three colors for an artifact equipment with equip two. Uh it's twenty-six dollars twenty-six cents. Whenever a equipped creature attacks, the fending player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card. That creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each card revealed this way. That player puts the revealed cards into their graveyard. So again, flying and death touch and a big swinger where you're also milling. This is kind of a way that you're going to get even more juice out of the mind cranks, out of the Sir Conrad's out of the world as well. Because if you have nothing else to do, the board stabilized, you can just start swinging in for free. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I really like that. You know, I, I think the the one thing I'm going to be really curious about, A, if I actually end up wanting to build this commander, uh, but then the other thing, because his is whenever one or more creatures are put in the graveyard, you make the 1-1. One, one. Right. So it's like, how much is it, how much are we not potentially seeing in the stall out of like, yeah, I milled you for 15 and... 11 of it was creatures, but I only get one, one, one. one. And then future mills aren't as profitable. That'll be kind of interesting to see how that dynamic works. And and that's why I want, that's exactly why I try to avoid a lot of the big mill half the library, mill that sort of thing, yeah. right? And because we want Alter the Brood, because no matter how many permanents enter the battlefield at once, it's always one Alter the Brood trigger. So yeah. for each one of those, you'll always get the extra horror, which then potentially keeps going through it. So mm. that's why that's, but again, dealing a lot of damage and milling for this. That's the one, that's the reason why I stuck this guy in here. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Well, what is your round four start off? Okay. I want to get this out here because I know you're about to, you're not going to like this. So I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Right. Okay. But I have some cards here. That's going to hurt the, that's going to hurt the piggy bank. I'll be honest. Right. And there's another version of this card, which is 100% better in this deck, but it doesn't cost 80 cents. And it this still can make a good blocker for you because if you go turn one, Ultra the Brood, turn two, Dreadhorde Invasion, 
You're already off. The, you're already off to the races, baby. One colorless and a black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose life and a mass one. You put a one-one counter on an army creature on an army you control. If you don't control one, create a zero-zero black zombie army creature token first. Whatever zombie creature token you control with power six or greater attacks gains lifelink until end of turns. Boom. You got your blocker ready to go. You can get your train going here, and this you just card couldn't just resist again. Twenty-six cents. <laughs> A quarter. You're you yeah. just couldn't resist. I listen. If it makes you feel any better, I've really been rack started racking my brain about your dollar deck, and I was going to try to do something where this is the linchpin of it, but I oh, can't God. devote a de- I can't devote a quarter of a deck to literally this quarter card. <laughs> it's fine in the deck. It's fine in the That's deck. Fine. That's it. <laughs> you feel like I'll you've won it. now. That's no, 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 no. I just, I, it's fine. That's all I wanted to hear. There's no winning or losing here. Except for our opponents. All right. Well, round four, I'm going to uh, kind of just get another. It's like a better brainstorm. Instant speed costs one mana, but we need to have a graveyard of 20 or more cards in it, which we should always. Oh. Someone should have it. So I think Visions of Beyond is a very smart card yeah. in here uh, because you get to keep all three. So single blue instant uh, latest copy was in Ultimate Masters. It's a six dollar card, though. Oof. Draw a card. If a graveyard has 20 or more cards in it, draw three instead. So not super sexy, but I think that's a lot of really good value for very little CMC investment and board state investment. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, I think this is a card that, well, it'll happen. Like this is going to happen for you. You're going to draw your three. And worst case scenario, you can like maybe just drawing one will get you the answer that you need in a pinch, right? So Mm -hmm. Not the best rate ever, but certainly has a lot of upside to it. Well, for round five, I got something better than propaganda. Because you <gasps> talked about it. We're going to be open to, like, people are yep. going to be swinging at us. Well, I would have a riddle and a keeper that would do a lot of deflection on that. Oh. So riddle keeper, two colorless blue, creature homunculus. It's a 1-4 uh, printed in Commander 2011 for the first time. That's a $4.50 card. It's a 1-4. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, that creature's controller puts the top two of their library into their graveyard. Hey, you want to go wide and swing out 20 at me? You want to mill 40? Right. Like, I don't know if that's in your best interest. No longer are people going to be like, hey, I could just get in for a taste. Right. Or, yeah, you know what? Let me swing with six. He'll block with three, but I'll get three through. It's like, there's still a two mil investment on each of them or four if Bruvac's out there. I just think this card's going to be able to do a lot to deter my opponents. Yeah. And I think, like, again, I like the fact that it's it's not when one or more creatures attack you. Right? Like, you're always going to get this. Yep. And I will tell you this. This Planeswalker part of that is not going to be minimal. That's going to be important. I bet it is. Well, why don't you complete round five? All right. So, the next one I have, this is another little bracket of token creators that are also value cards. Okay. So, ways that we can repeatedly make tokens that are going to trigger Alter the Brood and all that other jazz, right? And keep the train going. So, for me, I want this to be repeatable instead of burst. So. Okay. Uh, Tavesh Sat Doom of Fools has all the abilities that you're looking for. I assume this is on your list as well. Nope, it actually wasn't. What? Really? Okay, get okay, check this out. So, Tavesh Sat Doom of Fools, four colorless and a black for a uh, mythic, four drop, uh, four loyalty, uh, planeswalker for about six bucks. Plus two, create two zero one black thrill creature tokens, blockers, triggers, alter the brutes. 
plus one. You may sacrifice another creature or planeswalker. If you do, draw two cards. Then draw another card if the sacrifice permanent was a commander. I've never liked that side part of it, right? I just think it's... Well, I think the whole idea is that with the minus 10, you could then use the plus to sacrifice your opponent's commanders. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and then minus 10, gain control of all commanders. Put all commanders from the command zone on the battlefield in your control. Pretty rad. But for me, I just like this because we're going to have all these 1-1 horror creatures lying around, right? Or whatever they are from from the commander. We can sacrifice those for value and also create two Alter the Brood triggers every turn. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Um, I... The thing that I would be curious about is, is it providing enough value at five mana? Yeah, I, I tried. I, I think the argument would be like this or Sir Conrad, right? What's yeah. the one that's actually going to win you the game more times? It's Sir Conrad. Uh, so that makes sense in that sort of vacuum. I was just trying, I was trying to stay away from all of those stuff that we've talked about. Sure, sure, sure. And try to get you some new juice to work with. Well, hey, I mean, I have a, I think I have multiple Tevish Zats because I think really? I pulled like three or four in all the Commander Legends stuff. So okay. I got them. So I, I could definitely do it. And it, I don't have to spend the $6 to acquire it. Very good. So now I want to talk about another way that we're going to go be able to find Alter the Brood. Okay. And I think you own a copy of this one. And I know we're not pro this card very much, but... The fact that if you get this early game, you're going to be off to the races faster than you normally would have. You got to do Urza Saga, right? You got it's got to be in here. Really? I think so. So it's a it's an enchantment land Urza Saga, uh, twenty eight dollars. And if you want to get the fancy version, it's seventy three. So that's exciting. Hey, I got that. You did, yeah. See, look, are yeah, you, it's not even in a deck. I bet, right? Uh, I think it's in the cube. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well worth it. So uh, as it enters and after you draw step, add a lower counter, sacrifice after three. So one, uh, Urza Saga gains tap, add a colorless. So you can cast Ultra the Brood off of that alone. Yeah. Two, Urza Saga gains two colorless tap, create a zero, zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. More on that later. And then finally, minus three, search library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one, put it onto the battlefield and shuffle. We need as many ways so we can get Alter the Brood out here, right? Yeah. So, and I'm playing this very much like an artifact deck. So we're going to have piles of stuff lying around. The Construct's going to be able to block, maybe even sacrifice to uh, your background. Seems like there's a lot of utility here in a, in a deck that you normally wouldn't see this card in. I wouldn't pay $20, $30 for this card <laughs> for this deck. Uh, but the fact that I have one, yeah, no, it, yeah, everything you said makes sense. The only thing from a, uh, build now granted Modern Horizons 2 is before the year of treasures, uh, that oh, has sure. been like the last six months. I actually think it would have been cooler if that zero, zero colorless treasure artifact creature token, mm. and then it could like tap sack and kind yeah, of be like right, a gold. Right, right. Um, something like that would have been kind of cool. Cause my biggest gripe with this is you're wasting a land slot for potentially not a land. No mana. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. it's like I, I personally already run a thin land count. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I have to not even consider this a land. This is a enchantment. Yeah. 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 I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. That works. All right. Well, round six. What do we want to talk about here, Tuck? You know, I'm thinking that uh our boy Tomer, I don't know if he actually ever built this deck. Uh, but I think Coxrill would be really good oh, in the 99 God. here. No! The corrosive. 
Five colorless black black legendary creature, oh. Slug Horror. It's a 7-7 seven, seven, uh, for a cool four, 13 bucks. Oh, that's not that bad. I thought it was going to be way worse. At the beginning of each instep, put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. Creatures you don't control get negative one, negative one for each slime counter on them. Whenever a creature you don't control with a slime counter on it dies, create a 1-1 one, one black slug creature token. Uh, you can pay Demir, sack a slug, draw a card. This guy's a 7-7. Seven, seven. So, I mean, come on, man. It's going to create me so many tokens all the time. It's so many yeah. all through the brew triggers. Yeah. Okay. I. I yeah, all right. All right. I'm here for it. I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's on my list, but I don't have like blood artists and stuff in here. So it's not like, you know, you're going to have your kind of boring, like, oh, that's how you're going to win. Like, it's still when like, when you sacrifice a creature, deal damage, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's just, you know, hey, if a creature goes to the graveyard, Sir Conrad will check it, but he's more for the mill. I just think, hey, Toxrill could potentially make it to where my opponents never recover because think about it if you have toxril and alter the brood out in theory your opponents may never get to like really respond because yeah, if yeah, there's yeah. One, one one's out there boom bunch of deaths bunch of alter the brood triggers hey you get to go on your upkeep hey you're in step more counters more things die yeah, more stuff more yeah, alter more, the brood more, more yeah. potentially the fourth person from you so the person that goes uh right before you they may have milled 30 cards by then yeah yeah for sure i uh, it's I played when we played. I've only seen this card ever played once, and it wasn't as a commander, and it was some guy's Hail Mary. And I was like, I'm going to keep you around because we were kind of working in cahoots. He's like, Look, I know this is going to break all of our deals. I'm playing Toxroll. I was like, Yeah, I'm going to kill you. Like, I have, I'd be dead on board. <laughs> Sorry, man. Not going to happen. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> well, I think the next card to kick off round seven, I think I need a way to. Uh, bring value to the fact that I have to sacrifice a creature mm -hmm. on uh, each upkeep. And I believe that Dictative Erebos oh, probably okay. one of the better ones. So three colorless black black enchantment with flash. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacks a creature. And this guy you can get for about 14 bucks. So it's a really mean card. I get it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I, I'm not mad. Uh, and I will gladly play this card. Uh, especially when it makes sense. And in here, we don't have a sacrifice theme, so hopefully it's something not where like the table's like, kill him, he's yeah. crazy, but who knows, maybe this eats up removal that would have been used on Alter the Brood instead. Absolutely. And yeah, I I don't know. I've never I've never been able to play this card and not people don't perceive it as an immediate threat and gang up on me. So <laughs> but I think in this deck that's a little slower you'll be able to get people with this, right? Like someone does an, a one-sided board wipe or something like those lines. You'll mm -hmm. be able to bounce back to it pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tuck, why don't you give us round seven complete? All right. My next step is this. One alter of the brood isn't going to be able to do it. We need as many of them as we possibly can. And I have a whole section devoted just to that fact. We are going to get a lot of alter of the broods. Not one, not two. Hopefully my goal is five. And the, the one that's going to cost you the most out of the piggy bank is, unfortunately, the OG copy artifact. Uh, ah. this, is a, this is an expensive one, so just just get ready. Uh, it's as, as vanilla as it goes. A colorless and a, and a blue for an enchantment. You may have copy artifact enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact on the battlefield, except it's an enchantment in addition to its other types. And the cheapest value I'm seeing for this piece of magic history is $83. 
that's eh, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's what, yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot more too, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> but for one man or more, you get another article of the brood. What's not to like? And they, I have, love that. they have to get two different, they have two different things that they shoot now. So that's why I was like, okay, we're, this is a, the, the high level way that we're going to do it. It's going to cost you the most money, but Hey, here we are. Yeah, I, I fully support that. And I mean, the, the cool thing is that in my list, I also have other artifacts that can help mill. So if it's right. been something where Alter the Rune's been exiled or it's been turned into something and I can't deal with it, then it's like, okay, well, I can't have another Alter the Brood. Well, let's at least copy one of my other mill artifacts and still right. try to keep doing what the uh, the plan wants. So yeah, I think it's great. And honestly, to get a piece of magic history for under $100, that this thing will probably, it's only going to go up. It's played in CEDH left and right. Uh, I don't know legacy vintage wise, like if it's oh, I'm sure. play there. It's got to be, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, but <laughs> I, I can only see this going up and never tanking. Boom. So... We've talked about ways to get the altar of the brood out of the graveyard. We've talked about how to get it off the battlefield. We also need to figure out how to get it out of, sorry, we talked about getting it out of your library. And then we talked about getting it out of the battlefield. And now we need ways to get it out of the graveyard. And our old pal, uh, who is it? Sir Arthur's arch enemy, Emery Lurker of the Lock. No. Very efficient way to do it. Two colors and a blue for a 1-2 legendary creature Merfolk Wizard. That's a rare for 99 cents. Just got reprinted. So practically a budget card. Costs one less to cast for each artifact you control when it enters the battlefield. Mill four cards, which is kind of stinky in this build. But most importantly, tap, choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. Uh, you still pay its cost. Timing rules still apply. So again, you get a blocker. You have something to sacrifice if you don't need it. You made mention that we've already talked about other artifacts that are going to help push this deck forward. Emery seems to be like a pretty straightforward slam dunk for a little bit of graveyard recursion. Yeah, I guess the only thing that I'd be worried about is that we're not really doing a reanimation type plan. So like the milling, it's like I might end up... I, I'm always against like the impulse draw that Red does and milling without a plan to get it back. Because like what if you end up actually milling like something that you actually need and it's not an artifact? And then oh, it's like, well, yeah, yeah. that kind of sucks. So it's just, it's one of these risky cards to where I feel like if I played this, I would have to have uh, Scroll Rack or um, Sensize in the yeah. deck. Yeah. Just to make sure that I'm not <clears throat> milling away a key piece. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. All right. So uh, I want to piggyback on what you've talked about, <gasps> which is another way to bring Ultra the Brood back from the graveyard. And this card, I believe, used to be super expensive, but not anymore. But I think I'm going to talk about Academy Ruins. Oh, yeah. Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk. Uh, Legendary Land. You could tap it for a colorless or uh, colorless blue tap. Put target artifact card from your graveyard on top of your library. And you can get a copy of this guy for about 10 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, it does everything. Yeah. And to your point, this is a card where if it doesn't work here, you'll have some place to use it. Right? Like, exactly. pretty straightforward on that. And I already own a copy. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> but, all right. See, I'm, we're trying to mix it up, trying to keep it flavorful. Number nine, we're going to uh, talk about one of my favorite Planeswalker characters in all of Magic. And her broken War of the Spark printing just has to go in here. Yeah. Ashiok Dream Render. Colorless Demir Demir. 
Legendary Planeswalker Ashiok, Uncommon, comes in with five loyalty, sp static effect. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search your library. That's great. Hey, you need to get rid of Alter the Brood or Zephix or, or some problem on my board? You can't. Yeah. Gotta hope you draw it. Or minus one, uh, target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard. I like that because we can get around the monster mash. Right, because right, right. their trigger would go on the stack, but they have to complete my effect before we can do theirs. And so their creature's already been moved to exile before the monster mash can actually resolve. Right, right, right. So um, I think she accomplishes a lot of very positive things. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is, I mean, this almost, I mean, there's an argument to be made that this should just gone to the deck before we even start drafting, right? Yeah, that's like fair. For, the, for, for this sort of style, but it, she's just so strong. I just worry that, my only thing with Ashiok is I think this is another card like Toxeroll or Dictate that people, you play this and people immediately start getting frustrated or perceive you as a threat. Yeah. But that beyond that, yeah, it's slam done. Well, and let's be honest, Tuck, that's just me anyways. Fairy so. point. So you might as well play into it, right? Yeah. All right, Tuck. Complete round nine. All right. So again, the commander is really important to the deck. The background is important to the deck. Alter the brood is very important to the deck. So we need cheap, efficient ways that we can get people without them realizing that we may have the, we may have something out there. And for me, Spellskite is going to do that perfectly. Oh, here. Yeah. It's an underplayed one, right? Two colorless for an artifact creature, Phyrexian Horror. It's a rare. Just got reprinted in Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Might as well just buy the pre-con at this point. Uh, it's an <laughs> artifact creature, Phyrexian Horror. And then for a Phyrexian uh, Blue, a.k.a. How much are, How much is this actually going to cost you? Two life. Know. Two oh. life every time. <laughs> uh, change the target of spell or ability to Spellskite. It's the fact that it's an artifact uh, also plays into artifact removal. Just another way yeah. that you can protect pretty much everything on the board. My question is you cannot change a, uh, you can't change the target. You can't change it to an illegal target, right? So if someone targets your background with destroyed target enchantment, you cannot, you cannot spell skite it onto Correct. spell skite, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but for me, commander, some of the art other artifacts that are going to be critical. This is a card that's going to keep you alive for a pretty low entry cost. I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, yeah! Really, anything that you can just pay life and interrupt a potential target. And we've talked about how more targeted removal is a thing opposed to board wipes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the fact that it's a creature and an artifact is going to protect the commander and alter the brood to linchpins, as you've said, to the deck. So, yeah, all for it. Nice. And now I have another artifact packet. Sorry, I have another planeswalker that carries about artifact package in here. This one I think is has a lot of utility. It's kind of boring, but Tezzeret Artifice Master gives you a oh, lot of options sure. here too. Three colors, double blue for a five loyalty legendary planeswalker Tezzeret. It's a mythic. This one's very kind of greasy. Um, it's got three abilities plus one, create a one one colorless softer artifact creature token when flying. Triggers all to the brood. Has something to sacrifice. Has something to block with. Zero, draw a card. If you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. Not, I don't think that's going to be probably as consistent as in other decks, right? You're probably going to get one card out of this more times than you'll get two. Mm -hmm. Still's got a lot of value to it there. And then minus nine, you get an emblem with the beginning of your end step. Search the library for a permanent card, put on the battlefield, then shuffle. Still got a lot of value there. But for mostly for me, it's you get your token, then you can sacrifice it. You get to draw a couple cards, repeatable over time. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um... The, the one thing I'm curious about, do you, because th you've mentioned that we're going to be getting hit a lot. Do you think we're going to have enough blockers for our planeswalkers? I, oh, I think once we get rolling, 
will have enough horrors to be able to take care of most things. It's going to be Drake's things with menace, vampires, that sort of thing. That's where we're going to start getting a little bit gummed up in, I think. Okay. But I mean, just the fact we're going to be generating so many creatures off our commander by just playing the game. I think it's going to be a pretty safe bet that we'll be okay. 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 All right. We're going to do something that we've never done before. I have a burst pick because two of the cards are identical and I have to mention them both because they'll, they'll have to go on the list, but then there's a linchpin, but I'm curious if you'll be able to figure out what I'm you're talking doing about. Th- you're doing three. Three in a row. Okay. I like so it. So the first two would be Arcane Adaptation and Conspiracy. So Arcane Adaptation is two colorless blue enchantment. As an ETB, choose a creature type. Creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to their other types. Same is true for creature spells that uh, you don't own or that aren't on the battlefield. Conspiracies, literally the same card, just three colorless black, black, same effect. So, the reason we're doing that is because we need to be able to turn all these beautiful little tokens into a creature type that matters, that fuels everything forever. So, it's sweaty. This is sweaty because it's you need this legendary creature zombie warrior and one of these other cards in Alter of the Brood to make it all work. So Will Helt the Rock Cleaver. Oh, Two colorless yes. Demir, legendary creature zombie warrior mythic. It's a 3-3. Whenever another yeah. zombie you control dies, if it didn't have decayed, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with decayed. Oh. You can't block when it attacks, sacrifice at the end of combat. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice a zombie if you do draw a card. So essentially... We're going to turn all of our horrors and thralls and those other tokens into zombies as well. And this card doesn't state whenever another non-token zombie you control dies. It just can't right, right, have right. decayed. So any of when our tokens die, whether it's our background on upkeep, block sack for others, the instep because I need to draw a card, I'm getting another token, another alter the brew trigger. And now this one has decayed and it's just going to swing in and do its deal. So Got it's it. very sweaty. I like it. But I think this is a cool way to where also, if Alter the Brood doesn't work out, I'm now turning these tokens into 2-2 zombies as well that can at least get in the red zone and do some stuff. So, three cards, super sweaty. How do you feel? I think, so I will, unless it's on your list, I think there's another card, if you're going to go this route, that you've got to have as well. And I'll throw this in there because I think this will actually play into the card after that as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I think if you're going to do this rigmarole, you got to do, oh, not that one. You got to do Maskwood Nexus as well. Right? Ah, okay. Yep. So four colorless for an artifact. Creatures you control every creature type. Same as creature spells. You don't control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. Three colorless tap. Create a 2-2 two, two blue sh- shapeshifter creature token with changeling. So for me, then you're kind of like, it's if you're going to go down this route, which I like, you might as well go down all the way. And the thing I like yeah. this about this card, even arguably more than conspiracy, is that it can also pump out something to get the train going as well, right? Yep. So yeah, I, I I actually do like that because then it gives you something to do when you just have mana. Like you've been saving it for a counter spell, nothing, and it's not like well, crap, I wasted my mana. Oh, okay, I'll just make a three a two two real quick. Exactly. And so this actually works out perfectly because I was looking at cards that just generate tokens out on their own. And uh, Endless Ranks of the Dead, while not a great, like, it's it just works. It works fine on its own, but it works really yeah. well here. Two colors, two black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, create X22 two, two black zombie creature tokens, where X is half of the number of zombies you control rounded down. So 
if everything's a zombie anyways, now we're going to have 20 of them by accident, create 10 tokens, mill 10 cards a pop, oh, get God. even more tokens, and it's just got to keep going and going and going and going, right? So I think now my question about this one is, do you feel like this is worth it just on its own without the other zombie support? I don't. I think okay. you need it because I, you, I think you have to have two because it's X is half the number rounded down. So ah, everything's at a round to zero. So right, you would, right, right. you would, yeah. Um, I see what so you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you have to have two zombies to start, right? Cause the one would get cut to half. Right. Rounded down. So you don't get anything yeah. from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Hey, I, it all worked out. It all worked out in the wash, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I actually saw this card and I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to have enough zombie support for it. Um, because honestly, the the little synergy I talked about was actually my spice package at the very, very end. But oh. I was like, you know what? The angle that that Tuck's kind of going, I actually think this will this will be got cool a little juice and kind of help. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was your round eleven and twelve. What's your round thirteen? Thirteen. Okay. So this card's either going to be really good or it's going to be incredible. And I'm wondering, I don't know how the new partner pairings work, if you will. But how do we get, what's, we got to get more Altar of the Broods, right? No matter what. Oh, We're of course. We're our commander. It's probably going to die. We got to do it again, right? I mean, before they print a functional reprint of Black Lotus, they just need to print <coughs> more functional reprints of Altar of the Brood. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. the card that people want. <laughs> that's the one that people want. So Echo Storm could give us a lot of juice. So this is where I'm curious, right? Three colors, double blue, sorcery. When you cast this spell... Copy it mm. for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. You may choose new targets for the copies. Create a token that's a copy of target artifact. Now, my question to you is this. Does backgrounds count as commander? Because I don't think so. partners would, right? Yeah. And, that's, and, and the ruling here is if you have multiple commanders, for example, because they have partner, this spell counts the total number of times you've cast all of them this game. Backgrounds do reside in the command zone. Yeah. So how does that how does that work? Well, okay, here's an easy way that you could probably look it up: companions, because companions live in the command zone as well. Okay, because I was because uh, I, w- I was looking this up earlier and I couldn't find anything here. So it says partners. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the problem is going to be here. But if this, I think this is good enough on its own to create at least two copies of Alter of the Brood out the gates for <laughs> five. But if it does play with the backgrounds, you could create like five or six at once. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would say this. I'm I would only run it if I'm gonna get triggers for both the background and uh the commander, because five mana to just get one ultra of the brood at sorcery speed is a crappy, crappy, crappy sure, sure. rate. Uh, and honestly, I even think two ultra of the broods for five isn't that great. Isn't either. that great? Yeah. Um so it would have to count the background, and I think I would have to keep this late, late, late game. Mm-hmm. You guys have blown up my background and my commander a few times, so that way five can maybe get me four Alter of the Broods. I look right. at this similar to like a draw spell. Because Alter of the Broods so low CMC, and we have things like Academy and Ruins that could snag it from sure. the graveyard, that if I'm going to invest five, you got to really do something for me. I mean, heck, we were talking about Tevish is at like, is five worth it? And I think he does more than what this does. Right, right, right. So get this. It says you may designate the ruling says, uh, 
You may designate two cards as your commander as long as one of them is this card and the other is a legendary background enchantment. So if a card refers to your commander, it means either the legendary creature or the legendary background enchantment. So commander, Boom. so cards like go. command beacon can fetch either one. Well, there you go. Boom, baby! <laughs> it Five works. Five the broods. Oh my god, so many Alter the Broods. Uh, now you've got to figure out a way to make Alter the Brood a creature, and then you can do Rite of Replication on Alter the Brood I and was, get even more. I, I was thinking about this <laughs> over the weekend on the drive. I was like, Rite of Replication has to go in here. And then I I didn't, I forgot it was creature only instead of permanent. So I was like, yeah. Arr. All right, well, completing out round 13, I got a card that's been showing up everywhere. But, and Tuck tried to pigeonhole it in another deck, but I think it actually fits in this deck. So we're going to be talking about Eloise Nephelia Sleuth. It's on my list! <laughs> yes! Three colorless Demir, legendary creature, human rogue, mythic, it's a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever another creature you control dies, investigate. That's going to work out great, especially when we just talked about our sweaty combo and all the zombie tokens we're going to get. Um, whenever you sacrifice a token, surveil one. We have Tevish Zat in here. That's a sacrifice. Um, there's going to be our background that's going to make a sacrifice. So I think Eloise, even though it's five mana, because we just literally talked about this with uh, the other card, I actually think her upside is way bigger. I mm. can see a turn where it's like you get tons of Eloise triggers, right. and it's just like, okay, we're, we're going through. Like, I almost considered putting in the infinite combo that Sir Nathan does with Eloise with the... Uh, all your artifacts are creatures. Oh, oh Power uh, Cup, Physical, CMC, March of the Machines. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I almost thought about putting that in here, even though we're not going to do the Blood Artist thing. It would just infinitely mill everyone because right. of the Altar of the Brood. Right, right, right. And I was wondering, I was I was kind of on the same, I was on the fence about that with Eloise as well. It's like, how much do we want to lean into this? But I also didn't put any sacrifice yep. outlets in mind just to make it a little bit more unique, like you were saying earlier, right? So mm -hmm. if you want to make this a little bit more competitive, I think that's a pretty straight line to do so, right? Yeah. I completely agree. All right. Well, going to round 14, I think we need to also put additional wades on top of Ashiok to make sure that our opponents can't monster mash. And Leyline of the oh, Void no. is going to do that for us. So uh, two colorless black-black enchantment. When it's in our opening hand, you can begin uh, the game, turn zero with it on the battlefield. If a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead and get a copy for about six bucks. It's kind of like what we talked about, Tuck, with your Demir deck mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. I just I just think it makes sense. Um, you know, people are also using their graveyards a lot. You know, I've talked about the example of me doing Ultra the Brood against a Marin player, and yeah, it right. was terrifying Tyler, and he was just like, yeah, bring it on. All day, and yeah, he, every day, it, right? Yeah. He just dominated. I, 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 you know, as much as I could do response, he's like, oh, that's okay. Graveyard's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he always had a way to use it. So I think Leyline of the Void is a great, smart way, especially if you have our engine and you're like, gosh, I am going in the mud with this one player. Let's use one of our tutors to go grab Leyline of the Void and get rid of this. And especially, I think, like, this deck doesn't care. Like, the mill is incidental, right? You don't care mm -hmm. about what you're milling. You're just trying to mill as much as you yeah. can, right? So that doesn't matter there. And I was also thinking about this, uh, the conversation that we had around Leyline the Void. It's like, even if you're not playing a dedicated mill player, you are probably playing someone who cares about graveyards in any variety, right? Yep. Theirs or someone else's. It's just a very common theme. So if you don't care, no one else should have access to it, right? So yep. yeah, pretty pretty straight up and down slam dunk. All right. Well, why don't you, uh, have you noticed, complete round <gasps> 14. 
I have uh, this one kind of counteracts what we were just saying, but if we don't get Leyline in the Void, this one's a very efficient card. Drown in the Lock, I think, does a lot in this sort of build. Again, if you're playing all Exile all the time, maybe not so much, but a Colorless and a Black for an instant. It also came in the pre-con. You should just buy that pre-con. It's 38 bucks For an instant, choose one counter-target spell with mana value less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard or destroy a uh, target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard. So if we're playing the hardcore Exile, it kind of loses its luster. But again, we've only talked about two cards that can do that consistently. So yeah. If you get those two, great, you're ahead, and then this is a dead card, or this card's going to be good <clears throat> as just like a generic rule. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like the, what, Visions of Beyond? Like, that's only oh, good yeah, if you have great yeah, guards. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, whatever. I mean, it's it's going to be few and far between. Uh, I had Drown on the Lock on my list as well at number 21. Yeah. So uh, I completely agree with everything you said. Nailed it. This other this other one's kind of a new, it's like a black standard-ish, so we don't need to go too far into it, but Ophiomancer, a lot of juice here too. Two colors and a black for a creature human shaman. Uh, two, two, at the beginning of each upkeep, if you control no snakes, create a one, one black snake creature token with that touch. Worst case scenario, this is your sacrifice fodder for your background, and you can alter the brood trigger on the next upkeep. Best case, people are attacking to you, and you're like, I don't care. Swing out three, I'm taking one of you with me, right? So um, I don't know if this is worth the price here. So, well, six bucks isn't that bad. It used to be like 20. So for me, it was just like, seems like a pretty straightforward card. You get your blocker, you get your triggers. Yeah, well, and I'll actually just segue straight into my card because this card's going to work great with it. Um, for the next one, I was actually going to put in because it, she does do each upkeep if you don't have the snake. So Altar of Dementia is actually a card uh, yeah, I'm going to okay, put good, in here. Good, 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 good. Just, just so these uh, each upkeep things, uh, I, I'm always able to take advantage of it. Yeah. So, uh, guys, if you're uh -huh. not familiar with Altar of Dementia, it's the two colorless artifact. Sack a creature. Target player puts the number of cards equal to sacrifice creature's power from the top of their library into their graveyard. Uh, you can get a copy for about seven bucks. Um, so yeah, it, this and Ophia Mancer work great hand in hand. Yep. You keep it before you pass. Okay. I'll go ahead and sacrifice it. One person mill a card. Maybe you get something, maybe you don't, but you know what? You're getting another altar of the brew trigger at the very next upkeep. Yep. And you can just kind of constantly do that. I think if you want to build this fair, like we've talked about, this is like the, this, if it was me, this would be the one thing, the one sack I put into here. So yeah. it plays right into the theme. It's fair-ish. I don't think yeah. you have too many ways to abuse it brutally, right? So Really, just a Dictate of Erebos is about yeah. the only thing that, that would really you like... Need, you need to have that ability to do that, right? You need to get yes. your value out of these creatures being sacrificed. So yeah. I'm here for it. All right. Well, the next card we're going to talk about is... Uh, let's just say he's real expensive. Uh, CMC... Dollar-wise, though, very cheap. But he's also going to make me use a lot of my life. Because you know what's kind of good? Lorcan Warlock Collector. Oh, sure. Five colorless, black, black, six, six, legendary creature devil. It's a rare. It has flying. It has a lot of stuff on here. The one <laughs> that's the least uh, worthwhile is if a warlock you control would die, exile it instead. Um, which, you know, normally it's just like, well, you're not doing warlock tribal, so why does that matter? Well, whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may pay life equal to its mana value. If you do, put it onto the battlefield under your control. It's a warlock in addition to its other types. 
So now with this and our whole plan, oh yeah, you guys milled a creature. Well, I'm gonna get a one one horror, and I'm gonna pay my life to get your creature now. And oh, don't worry, when it dies, you don't get it back. It goes into exile. Yeah, uh, I think this is really strong. Uh, I didn't realize when I first read this card that it's from anywhere. So for me, I think that's completely bonkers. Yeah, uh, yeah, love it. I, I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to cast it <laughs> because we're gonna get slammed in the face. But I love it. I think it's a unique pick, a great way to deal with all these mill things, right? Because like we said, we don't have a ton of payoffs for that. Yep. And once again, if Alter the Brood is off the table, this is at least something with all of our other mill plans that can help us win the game. Yep. yep. No, I think it's sweet. All right. Why don't you finish out Sweet 16? Sweet 16. All right. Quick one here. Um, I think Deadly Dispute is going to get us a lot of ramp and a lot of triggers. So colorless and a black for an instant. As additional cost to cast a spell, sack an artifact or a creature. Spoiler alert, it's going to be a 1-1 horror. Draw two cards and create a treasure <laughs> token. So it replaces itself plus one. It's at that sick mana value that you like. Two cards, two cards for just two mana and yep. a very little downside. And you create a treasure, which then triggers your altar of the broods. And you're back off to the races. Yeah, I like this a lot. Instant speed, two cards. So I'm getting one card per mana, and I'm get, actually getting a mana back, and yep. getting an Alter of the Brood trigger. Let's go. Easy, easy there. Another easy one here. I'm saving, trying to save some juice for uh, the last five. Our Clever Impersonator, this mass utility in here. Two colorless, two blue uh, for a creature shapeshifter. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent on the battlefield for 250. It's a mythic. So for me, it's just like, this is another copy of Ultra of the Brood in a pinch. There's another copy of Rhystic Study. If someone else is playing Propaganda, you got that. Just we have pretty much all permanents in this deck that are going to have value. This is going to have a good target that's going to have a big impact on the game. Yeah, it's going to do something. Yeah, Don't know it, what it's going to be. It's going to do something. It's going to do something. Totally agree. All right. Well, me finishing out round 17, uh, we're going with a Planeswalker, a little high CMC, but Liliana Dreadhorde General. Oh, just, I knew you. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you how do you not? Uh, four colorless, black, black, legendary Planeswalker, Liliana. Whenever uh, a creature you control dies, draw a card, which that's going to bare minimum happen each upkeep of ours. So great. Uh, plus one, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token and alter the brew trigger. Awesome. Minus four, each player sacrifices two creatures. Fantastic. And in minus nine, each opponent chooses a permanent they control of each permanent type and sack the rest. Great. This well, thing does literally everything yeah. this deck wants, including minus nine. Could be like, hey, do you guys just want to concede? Yeah. Can we just move on here? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what minus nine is, because it's their lands as well. Like, you get oh, one God. of everything. Yeah. Do you do you want to continue? Well, so, they have to waste in then they have to waste so many resources just trying to get this down so you can't ultimate and you just block yep. out and you're like, well, you're tapped out, so I'm just gonna smash into you with these untapped things and knock you out anyways. Yeah. Uh, I really wish that they would do an actual reprint of this, not a secret layer drop, which doesn't count because it was not in a secret layer. It's the bonus card you could have gotten, but still, probably maybe the best, strongest mono black planeswalker printed. Yeah, the only one that I would argue is I'm actually a big fan of the three-drop Liliana. Oh, that yeah. You've gotten us many times with that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've ultimated that thing more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. um, so, all right. Round 18. See, we only got three left before lightning round, so I got, I got to be smart about which ones I pick. So I think I want to start with something that can do a little bit of protection, but... The bigger one, it can also do Alter the Brood protection. I think Ghostly Flicker seems sure, to yeah. uh, be good. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Two colorless blue. Instant. Exile two target artifacts, creatures, and or lands you control. Then return those cards to the battlefield under your control. 75 cents. Pretty yep. easy from a protection standpoint. Blink, Ultra, the Brood, and my commander. Maybe. You know, whatever. Absolutely. Boom, you guys are out of here. Um, but the one thing to be smart about, this is... Instantly, it comes back, not end of turn. So if it's a board wipe, it's going to happen no matter what. So even in those circumstances, okay, I'll blink, sad robot, and something else, get another land, couple ultra the brute triggers. Okay, your thing resolves. Move on with our day. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm here for it. I think it's cute. Um, I think it's a good, like, solo single target artifact, single target removal response, right? And you get those under the battlefield things. So yep. I'm here for it. Here for it 100%. All right, round 18. You're finally legal, Tuck. What are you going to do there with There we it? are. I can buy a gun and vote, but I can't buy beer. Brand new card. I think this card is going to be very expensive, and you will you may be seeing it this very evening in the pre-con that I'm going to play. Okay. Black Market Connections. Two colors and a black for an enchantment. Brand new. It's currently selling for $17. At the oh beginning of your pre-combat main phase, choose one, right? Sell contraband. Create a treasure token. You lose a life. Draw a card. You lose two life. Or, and or, create a 3-2 colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling, you lose three life. So this card's going to be making waves, you're going to be seeing a lot here, but the reason why I like it the most is because modes one and three both get you on the train for your Alter the Brood tribal, right? Yep. They're both permanents. The 3-2 I think is not as exciting as a treasure token is probably going to be because that ramps you out. But for me, the fact that this doesn't just draw you a card, it has these other modes, granted, who knows how low our life total is going to get here, but I thought this would be a really nice play early to mid-game to start getting your altar stuff rolling even faster. And this fits with kind of the zombie theme we have now, because sure. it is a changeling, so yeah, it will count right. for our zombie stuff. So right. yeah, I'm here for it. Boom. I mean, you are right. I don't know what my life total is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Might need to figure out a way to, to gain some life on creatures entering the battlefield, but you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a worry for another day. Exactly. That's a later, that's a later problem. Uh, and then my 19, the last two I'll pick in a row. Another kind of meat and potato ones for here, in my opinion, Codex Shredder. One colorless uh, for an artifact that's probably, yeah, it's 14 cents. Tap, target player mills a card. Fine, incidental, right? Maybe you hit a creature, maybe not. Five, tap, uh, sacrifice it, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Just another way that you always have insurance for Alter the Brood. Could be something that you tutor up late game with Urza Saga to then get Alter the Brood as well because it's a one-drop artifact. For me, it's just kind of like meat and potatoes for this sort of deck. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm here for it. Um, I think Codex Shredder does a lot. I, I didn't actually have it on my list. I'm kind of shocked that I didn't. I, so. I, I was very surprised. I'm surprised to hear that, actually. I think you like this card more than me. All right. Well, completing for me round 19... Um, we're going to be going with a little bit of removal, but it's not going to be as impactful to us. Freeing Omnipotence. Uh, three colorless black black sorcery uh, from M19. Each player loses half their life, then discards half the cards in their hand, then sacrifices half the creatures they control round up each time. Yeah. Um, and you can get this guy for 52 cents. So... The half the life, probably not going to be a big deal because, Tuck, we've talked about it. My life total is going to be low anyways. So, yep, what? so what's, going what's from the difference? 20 to 10? Okay, who cares? Yep. Uh, but, you know, my opponents potentially that I haven't been able to do damage to, you're going from 40 to 20. That's a, that's easier that's a, for me now to deal with. Yeah. Half the cards in hand. We're going to be getting some triggers potentially because, you know, those might be creatures. And the half the creatures they control, well, that's me too. That's going to create potentially two, two decayed zombie 
uh, triggers. Yeah. It could be dictative Erebos triggers. Hey, it's a half board wipe for me, full board wipe for you. So I just don't see any negative for this card at any point in the game for me. No, and especially it's like, okay, boohoo, I lose my commander, and then you lose your entire army. So yeah. what? I can recast it. I can recast them, right? Doesn't have yep. doesn't matter. I love this card here because this is a card I've always wanted to play. And here you get your Sir Conrad triggers, you get your warlock triggers, those sort of yep. things you play into it. Love it. Totally one-sided. All right. Well, the last one for me before lightning round uh, is going to be a god, and it's just because it's <laughs> sure. kind of it's backup. Alter the I don't, even, I don't even need to look it up. <laughs> yep. Phanex, god of deception, three colorless Demir, legendary enchantment creature god. It's a mythic. It's a four seven. It's indestructible if your devotion to blue and black is less than seven, which I probably is always going to be less than seven. Uh, Phanex isn't a creature. Creatures you control have tap. Target player puts the top X cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, where X is this creature's toughness. Cheapest copy you can get, a uh, little under eight bucks. So it's just a way that we can actually use our tokens for something. That That's really it. Um, hey, once again, you find a way to exile, alter the brood. Well, Phanex can help do that with our tokens. Won't be as efficient. I'm not going to get as many triggers, but at least I can do it once a rotation. Yeah, that, I think that's, again, this is another card that probably could have just been in the initial ones that we chose for the style of deck, but... yeah. You should have it in here, right? You block, you tap, who cares, right? You get yep. the train going there. All right, Tuck, what's number 20 and your final for the regular round? Another quick, uh, this one's really fast too. Kind of an easy way to get up. Ultra ah. the Brood, just pretty pretty straightforward. Tezzeret the Seeker, three colors, double blue for Planeswalker Tezzeret. It comes in with four loyalty. It's a mythic for around $20, which is kind of wild. Plus two, plus one, untap up to two of target artifacts. Does ramp you. We do have a pretty big artifact ramp package in here. Minus X, search your library for an artifact card with mana X value or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. And then minus five, artifacts you control become an artifact creatures with base power and toughness 5-5 five, five until in a turn. Honestly, I think the minus five here could be good with like Eloise and some of these other things where we're generating clues and that sort of thing. But mostly for me, you minus one, get to alter the brood on the battlefield. Next turn, you plus two, play your frame omnipotence or whatever else you need. You're not having to worry about mana for the rest of the game. Yeah, no. It, uh... I mean, here's the thing. All the Planeswalkers that you and I have talked about are great for this deck. And it's, yeah. it's so awesome. I just think we're going to have to see how many dudes we have that we can block with. We kind of offer up for the Sacrificial because I, th I think, would you agree, are, are any, including the Liliana Dreadhorde General, are any of the Planeswalkers good enough to put in the deck if you only get one activation? Like, do you think the one activation is like <sighs> the, the mana investment? Or do you think you have to get like three plus to make it worthwhile. Like that's something we never talk about. Like how many activations on a planeswalker to make it worth putting in a deck. We always say, you know, the ultimate, but ultimates rarely happen. Right. I think the one that we've talked about so far that that is not affected by is still Ashiok, right? Cause I think yeah. you get the value no matter what with, with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a really good question, man. Cause even searching for one here puts it, puts Tesra to three, I guess. Mm, I would say so far of the ones we talked about, you would need to get at least two to get the juice out of them. Right? Okay. Like a lot of them are like create tokens, sacrifice tokens or sure. tutor, tutor for something, get your mana value out of it. Right. But if you only have one out and you have no blockers because it's early game, like, I don't know if you're paying five for this to get alter the brood. Yeah. We can do that way more efficiently. Right? Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not playing this on curve unless we have a bunch of things to protect it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, guys, we're now going to head over to the lightning round. And this is just going to be me, Tuck, back and forth going at it until uh, we got our 50 cards that we've talked about. So, Tuck, I'm starting it off. 
Another backup Wincon, because we're going to be milling a lot. The Haunt of Hightower. Oh, yes. Four colorless black, black, legendary creature vampire. It's a mythic. It's a 3-3 flying lifelink. Whenever the Haunt of Hightower attacks, defending player discards a card. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one, plus one counter on Haunt of Hightower. Which means it does say a card, not whenever one or more cards. So, uh, heck, Consuming Aberration. Cast one spell, they mill 10. It gets 10 plus one, plus Uh one counters. I think this card legitimately could one-shot someone multiple times in a single game. And again, lifelink, not unimportant in this build. Not at all. Getting 10 life back, even if it gets blocked, I don't care. Then I can now do all five abilities on Black Market Connection or not even have to think about pulling cards out with the the Warlock guy. So I think it's really cool. And again, I'm an idiot because I thought it was just when it died. So the fact (laughs) it's from anywhere, so strong. So So strong. strong. All right. Well, Tuck, why don't you tell us about you're so strong at the legal drinking age of 21? This one uh, is, this is a sweaty one. I'm not going to lie to you. This is extremely sweaty. You called this card as good, and I'm choosing to believe you. Vexing Puzzle Box. This is a, this is out there, okay? It's great. Just three colorless uh, for Mythic Artifact. Uh, it's around $5. It'll probably stay there. Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a number of charge counters on Vexing Puzzle Box equal to the results. Tap. Add one man of any color, roll a d20. Just a better manolith, right? Yep. And you get the rolls going. Tap, remove 100 charge counters from Vexing Puzzle Box. Search your library for an artifact card. Put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle. Mind Crank. Uh, what, what are the, some of the other ones we talked about? Um, Trepanation Blade. Mm. These sort of things. I mean, Maskwood Nexus, if you're playing that round, yeah. you, may prob- you probably will never get there, but the chance that you could late game, and there's no downside to this, right? It mm-hmm. gives you mana. People are going to be like, okay, that's stupid, and just leave it around, just rolling, rolling, rolling. For me, I thought it was kind of a, a kind of a cute, sweaty inclusion. Well, I think it's good because also we, I think, funny, I think our curve's actually going to be really high when we get to the mm-hmm. deck stats. So I think it's good that on top of our kind of meat and potatoes uh, 16 cards that we added, which included like five ways to ramp, six ways to ramp. Yeah, yeah. We probably needed to have more ways to ramp. So it, it's right. honestly great that you included this because it is a, it's, it is a, it's a sweaty mechanic that probably won't pay off, but it could, it and could. it can help get us Alter of the Brood Absolutely. Um, or any of the other cards. But at bare minimum, its floor is it's a mana rock for three, which most of them are three. Yep, absolutely. Good. All right, my next one, I finally found a home for this damn card. I've owned a copy forever, finally get to play Bitter Blossom. <laughs> it was on It was on the list, but I went with Dreadhorde instead because I'm a maniac. Colorless black, tribal enchantment fairy, it's a mythic. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose a life and create a 1-1 black fairy rogue creature token with flying. Cheapest copy you can pick up, oh my gosh, $41. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's never going to go below 40, man. It's too good. Yeah. It's way too strong. Um, so, yeah, you know, upkeep, it gets us a free alter the brood trigger. But something we've been talking about, drakes and things like that could be issues. Now we get flying tokens. Yep. Yep. I, I'm here for it. No argues, No arguments here. You have to have it. Uh, I just want to go Dreadhorde because I think it's... Well, what is uh, your round 22? 
Another kind of myth, uh, this is a bit of a sweatier Planeswalker, but this could kind of give us potentially a way to do some damage out for uh, the Minecranks of the world. I think Lolth Spider Queen is really interesting. Mm. So three colors, double black for legendary Planeswalker Lolth. Whenever a creature control dies, put a loyalty counter on her. Uh, she comes in with four loyalty. So with our sacrifice, something that we have on here, she's got to keep ticking up, up, up. Zero, you draw a card and you lose a life. Eh. Minus three, create two, two, one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. Mostly the menace bit, right? Blocking our flyers, kind of making sure that we have some control over those kind of Drake build decks. Mm -hmm. And then minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control, if that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. So turns our rogues, turns our horrors when we're swinging and mass with them into like eight eights instead of instead of one ones, right? Okay. Yeah, I... I think it's, a, it's it not it's not it's not amazing. It's not that's why I kind of waited to the cute part, the cute section down here. But I do feel like it's three relative relatively relevant uh things on it, right? Yeah. Uh I, I think it's just once again, you know, five mana. It, it, are we gonna are we gonna be able to cause the fact that we have to bank on our creatures dying, and we've already kind of talked about how we don't have a sacrifice theme yep. in here. Are are we just gonna get the negative three once? And that's it, yeah. And then and that's it, or is it just terrible, a five right? mana draw a card? You know, once a rotation. So you know, I I'm curious. I'm I'm interested. I don't know if I'm sold though. But honestly, I think that was a card that I got super excited for when it got previewed. And then the more I read it, I was like, oh, I don't maybe know if this, I'm gonna be able maybe to this, do it. Maybe this sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, round twenty three for me is gonna be potentially an infinite combo oh boy or let's just say okay maybe not infinite because i don't think it could ever go infinite but it could win me the game on the spot blasting station oh interesting Three colorless okay. artifact whenever a creature comes into play you may untap blasting station tap sack a creature blasting station deals one damage to target creature or player so this is where loth could actually end up working out mm. because you know, with Mindcrank on the battlefield, I deal a damage to an opponent. They have to mill a card. If it ends up being a creature, I make a 1-1. One, one. The 1-1 one, one comes in, Blasting Station untapped. You can sacrifice the 1-1. One, one, and you can kind right. of keep yeah. doing it. And hopefully we'll have enough ways. Like, hey, uh, you know, we got whenever a zombie dies, make the 2-2 two, two decayed to zombie. That's going to give me a Blasting Station untapped trigger. So I don't think we'll ever be able to machine gun for 120 I don't think that's realistic because I don't think people are going to have 120 creatures in their decks. <laughs> but uh, I do think it could probably get me enough ETB triggers and continue to then uh, mill people completely out of their libraries. I right. do think this can help me mill everyone's library. I just don't think I'm going to be able to do enough pointed damage to kill everyone. But even if you get, I think so. A lot. This is like a big like combo piece card, right? People play it a lot for that sort of thing. But even if you only get five damage off it, knocks out a commander that's unprotected, knocks yep. out a planeswalker, completely destroys an army of tokens that they're getting ready to blast you with, right? Sure. Kills elves and that sort of thing. So I like it. I think this definitely could go infinite. But I think with even without that, it still has a place in here with all the yep. generation that we're going to be doing. I completely agree. All right, Tuck. Round 23, some people call him the GOAT, but the that goat. person is LeBron James. But what's your card? <laughs> I I am a Jordan guy, but I think Sahili's Artistry, 
Mm. Slam Duncan here, right? Pretty much meat and potatoes, four colorless blue blue for a sorcery. Create choose one or both. Create a token that's a copy of target artifact. Create a token that's a copy of target creature, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. You already get your altar of the brood, so we got one more to go with there. Two altar of the broods is backbreaking. And then if there is another giant creature or a token producer or something that's on the board already, being able to have that sort of modality to me is pretty strong. Six mm-hmm. is kind of a little steep for a free copy of Ultra the Brood, I will admit. But I'm banking on someone's probably playing a better creature than us. So we'll be able to build something and also trigger the Ultra Brood where we have twice. Okay. I mean, I you know, I, I, I see I see what you're doing. Uh trying to get us as many copies of it as possible. Yes. So I can definitely respect that. Um just once again, I wish there was a way that we could make Ultra the Brood into a creature. Um and then oh get my two. gosh. Yeah, so that way you could like make multiple. Like that would be amazing. Uh, you can run that rise and shine, like the, and just do it for non-overload. Hmm, that's true. Could be, could be, could be. And uh, didn't have this on my list, and you just you made me do it. So, ad hocking number twenty four for me. How do we not have Mirage Mirror? in the deck yet that was on the list that was on the list for me i almost i almost had that in here but yes it's incredibly good it's so good three colorless artifact two mana mirage mirror becomes a copy of target artifact creature enchantment or land until end of turn wow like nice avison you have there good good luck with your board wipe right (laughs) yeah oh man but this is yeah it's good for stuff like that but really i think it's just like okay i think i can create 10 tokens this turn i'll pay two mana make you another alter the brood now you guys are milling right. double and then on top of all your other copy effects that you have like potentially you know that that two mana to make this an alter of the brood gives me four five of them exactly i i, I love it and i'll tell and i'll kind of go into this because we are playing a lot of artifacts that are pretty strong including this one right and for me i think sculpting skill is gonna have piles uh-huh. of options for us right so uh, three colors for an artifact. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy for any other artifact on the battlefield for 91 cents. Best case scenario, yeah. it's an altar of the brood for three, right? Worst case scenario, it's a second trepidation break. Actually, mm-hmm. honestly, best case scenario, it's probably a mind crank, right? Yeah. Like two mind cranks is, is like unbeatable. Almost, um, but if, yeah. people, if people are playing an artifact deck of their own, they're going to have something that's going to be big and meaty to grab. To me, it kind of fills in the same boat as the other ones I've talked about, but with like the, the Raj Mirror inclusion, mm-hmm. seems like it kind of is a slam dunk fit in that sort of build. Yeah, no, I, I think that is a slam dunk. Because, I mean, some people might say three mana ETB as an artifact. Like, is that worth it? You know, oh, are you going to be able to abuse it? Or I, I, don't, I don't think you have to abuse these kind of cards. Like, right. it's kind of like the, uh, you know, like we were talking with Day 2 in our Facebook group about it. When... Um, the uh, Roll D20 Vexing Puzzle Box came out, and I was like, yeah, I like this. And he was like, oh, no, unless you have a way to untap it and activate it multiple times. It's like, not everything has to be an optimal play. Sometimes it could just be good value. Yeah, and, like, there's no doubt, like, and, and if you look at three these two things in the three slot, hell, just p- make it a copy of Vexing Puzzle Box, right? Yeah. You, get, you get two mana, and you can the chance of them going up together just skyrockets. That's the best way to look at Sculpting Steel from a general perspective, guys. Actually, you could almost argue Sculpting Steel, if you're going to run a three-mana mana rock in your deck, it's an auto-include. Because, essentially, that is exactly what it could be. It could be any three-mana mana rock you want, or it could be the best other artifact on the battlefield. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like now bring it in as a worm coil engine. Awesome. Sure. Right. Exactly. And for a dollar, come on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're on to my last one. I got a real, I got a real sweat bomb for my last one. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I'm just going to make Tuck real, real happy with this last one. Got to do yeah! it. Board of Cunning. Yeah! Boom! I kept waiting to see if he would finally talk about it, but I can't risk it. Court of Cunning, colorless blue-blue enchantment. When it ETBs, you become the Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two cards. If you're the Monarch, each of those players mill ten cards instead. You can pick it up for a buck twenty. I don't know if we'd ever be able to get the Monarch back, oh. but at least everyone's just milling nonstop. I think I think we'll be able to get it back because, like, even so, if they mill, mm-hmm, I suppose it's not going to be right away. But like, yeah. Could generate we could generate four horrors off this on one turn. We're gonna be able to sneak into damage to somebody, right? Maybe, I think we'll, maybe. I mean, well, if, not when we're sacrificing all of them to our, to our uh, yeah. Planes. Well, and then also remember it's an upkeep, so all the yeah, horrors are gonna have summoning sickness. Yeah, so yeah. you still have to wait a rotation. So yeah, I just I don't know if I'm ever gonna get the monarch back, but I think this card's good enough to have in the deck, especially is if this is the hundredth card we're adding. I, yeah, I, I I agree. You don't have to sell me on this at all. It's incredible. Any card. All right, Tuck. What's number 25 for the final card in this build? Okay. We're going to be making, hopefully, a lot of Alter the Broods. Okay. Hopefully a lot. Ideally, we get to eight. Because then we could win literally with Alter the Brood and no other card except... Mechanized production. Oh my god! Go, baby, two colors, two blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant artifact you control at the beginning of your upkeep. Create a token that's a copy of enchanted artifact, triggering the alter the brood we already have on the stack. Then, if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one another, you win the game. Boom! What's that like? You like people are gonna freak out, and then you're gonna end up with at least one to alter the brood out of it. I guarantee it. I'm telling you this. I think this is the card. This is the card where you win with Alter the Brood. It doesn't matter what what's in the graveyards. Doesn't matter what's in your hand. You will win with Alter the Brood and this card. <laughs> Boom! It's perfect. oh, that's that's so good. It's perfect. Come on, it's you so gotta, good. You got to give me some props on that one. Uh, you get you get props. That 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 is good. Um, wow. And here's kind of the gross thing. I'm trying to think. God, is it worth with this card running Mycosynth Lattice to turn I, all of our tokens into artifacts? I, I there's a million ways to go, right? Like, because I was also thinking, like, what if it was uh, Eloise, right? And Eloise just just takes off. So then yeah. you have, you know, you can get this on. You, it's a one turn clock on clue tokens. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't. I I thought about running piles and piles of ways to abuse this in here, but I was like, I just I think we just need to have the one right yeah so that's i think if we have this and zombie th- sub theme and another uh-huh. one i think we might get ourselves a little too thin but overall i think this card is gonna be awesome i just wish that tokens foods and clues weren't so prevalent because then you wouldn't have to pay 16 dollars for this thing which should be a bulk rare bulk <laughs> mythic well uh man that was one heck of a chaos draft and guys stay tuned for the very end when we're going to go over the deck stats but we do want to announce that we are at the end of the episode and we would love some feedback on whatever consumption platform you're watching or listening us on uh and if you enjoyed it leave some five-star reviews some thumbs up some subscribes that really kind of helps uh the viewer base uh and if you want to get a hold of us and ask some questions about how we kind of came up with some of these ideas here's how you could do that you can always uh at me or dm me 
on Twitter at Mr. Comet number five, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm still on the Twitters at uh, Big Tuck Tweeting. I t- tweeted some magic content and some Instagram stories this year or this weekend. So <laughs> nope, I this fig- year, this year, yeah, that was <laughs> it. I need to figure out my next gimmick on there, but uh, you know that's for a later date. You can always reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, I mean, of course, we do have a great patron community that we would love any support that you could offer over there at patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Um, we do have four different tiers. A big one, you know, we're actually recording this the afternoon or evening before our stream. One of the rewards is getting to be on the stream with us. So uh, if you have the extra income and you could help out, we would really appreciate anything you could bring. Now, we do offer a referral program, so any of our existing patrons. So, hey, if uh, you have some friends that you're going to bully into joining, <laughs> you can definitely do that. And we're going to reward you for doing that kind of behavior <laughs> we'll uh, with some free swag or, or some rewards. Uh, and we, of course, uh, you know, have our great website at cmdtower.com slash bnbe142, where you will get to see the Chaos Draft lists um, and any links to the content as well. Now, we do have a store. If you want to head over to our website, cmdtower.com, just click on Merch, and it'll take you over to our Etsy shop. Uh, or you just go to etsy.com and type in CMD Tower. We're running a bunch of discounts on there. Uh, hint, hint, favorite things for your cart. Unhint, hint. Uh, <laughs> anything you guys could do on there would greatly help us out. Now, we do have a great partnership over to bestproxyshop.com. If you use code CMD Tower, they get you 10% off any of your playtests or proxies. And if you do my little secret trick of typing in the word custom into the search bar, you can actually find a repository of tens of thousands of pieces of art uh, across Magic's history for the cards, but maybe with your favorite Star Wars character or Marvel character, uh, which is traditionally how I always buy mine, or anime. I, I know that's a big thing, people <laughs> getting the anime and stuff. So, uh, yeah, bestproxyshop.com. Get you ten percent off, and I think he's still doing. If you spend over a hundred dollars before the discount, you get a free playset of uh, duels for your uh, EDH uh, collection. So, Big Tuck, Chaos Draft, Ultra the Brood Tribal. We got the deck list updated. Let's go ahead and look at some stats here. So, right now to build this deck, TCG player mid, we're looking at about five hundred bucks, which hey. actually isn't that bad. I, I thought it was going to be worse. Yeah. From a uh, mana value, I can't believe it. We were it's dead. De- it's like dead 50, in the 50. middle, right? <laughs> Insanity. Wow. Uh, the deck does have 36 lands, 17 creatures, 6 planeswalkers, 15 artifacts, 13 enchantments, 4 sorceries, 9 instants. It's listed at 72% competitive, and it's a 3-3-1. How That's... does that resonate with you? The 7... This I... I would put this probably more closer to a six out of 10 deck, right? Like it's got a lot of juice in there. Like there were six studies of the world and that sort of thing. The most surprising is a three, three run. That's not bad for Demir, right? Like no. that's pretty and, reasonable. And it, it felt like we talked about a lot of five, six and seven CMC yeah, cards. Exactly. And like, so, I mean, I think that's pretty solid. I, I, I feel that with this list, now that we're looking at it, I think this is playable. Like, I think this is maybe, I think with the inclusion of our like standards that we did before we recorded, yeah. I think that skyrockets these decks into something that is like, you could actually probably proxy or play test this and actually have something to do, right? Yeah. No, I agree. I think the only thing that I would have to go back in is I do think we have to add some of the other staple cards in Demir, like Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor. Yeah. 
like just it, swift foot boots, lightning greaves. Like we didn't uh, include yeah, any yeah. of that. So I, I think there is probably still a little bit of tweaking to do in the deck. But yeah, I I think the thing that's interesting is it seems like very well balanced between each of the card types. 16 I'm, creatures, right? Like, that's what's surprising me. I thought it was way less when we were just talking through it. Oh, see, I thought it was way more. Like, we oh. were talking through it. Um, you know, I, I'll say I didn't realize how many instants we put in the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a little shocking. Uh, the six Planeswalkers, we knew that was coming. We talked about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 16 creatures definitely shocked me. I thought we would have been at 25. Because it just seemed like a lot of the things were creatures sure. that were helping to drive the deck. I mean, running 13 enchantments, I think. I think this, like... I think when you look at it this way, it's the same thing, right? If this deck can survive and keep our life total above zero, I think once we hit that mid game of getting kind of a few pieces together, I kind of think this deck could kind of go off, right? Yeah, I I agree with that. So I hope you're happy. I tried really hard to find all your alternatives. I, I am I am happy. And, What's your curse uh, in your deck? I forget. I have two. Remember, I have my zombie tribal. And then um, I have the uh, composting with the Azuma. Right, the budget one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for coming into the episode. We'll catch you on the flip side. Remember, do me rules, baby.